It is Friday morning. It's the Everything Is Marketing Podcast. Something cool uh, going on next week if you are in um, Grand Rapids or Lansing. If you're in Michigan, Celebration Cinema doing something uh, called the Cast Party. It's essentially a podcast festival. So they're going to uh, show... Obviously, on the big screen, uh, Radio Lab, Reply All, uh, The Truth, and a couple other podcasts will be doing their thing live on the big screen, which should begin to tell you um, that podcasts uh, are a thing that are becoming on fire. If they're not already on fire, they're now on the big screen. They're now merging. What, what do we call that in design? Is that uh, brute thinking, sort of? So when a mass media and what was known as a niche media meet, uh, you get a podcast party on a big screen at a movie theater. That will be on Tuesday uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, Grand Rapids and in Lansing. I will be at the one in Grand Rapids, so hope to see you there because uh, I'm excited to see what that looks like when you do it on the big screen. So cast party next week, Tuesday night, Celebration Cinema. Uh, be there. Let's do this thing. It's the Everything is Marketing Podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. All right, a couple of fun things happening this weekend, and I want to start with the one that's a little bit more uh, pressing or time-sensitive, I should say. We have had a wonderful, and I mean wonderful, crop of interns over the last eight weeks uh, hang with us. That's where I was last week. That's why you didn't get any podcasts. I was in New York with them, so they got to see our home offices and hang out in One World Trade, which was fantastic. Uh, I got to nerd out a little bit. Uh, Jeff Jarvis gave a keynote, and if you know anything about me, you know that I'm a huge Jeff Jarvis fan, so it was it was cool for me to see that and, and know they had a great time. But today is their last day. So I, I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart and certainly the rest of the team's heart, uh, Jackson, Chelsea, and Tess. It was an absolute joy to have you a part of the team. And uh, as I've said this to you privately, I will also say this publicly, uh, when you graduate, would love to talk to you and see if there's uh, something that would work out that would be mutually beneficial between both of us because I would love to have one, two, or all of you back on the team if that were to work out uh, timing-wise. So please, uh, we would love to have you guys back. So Jackson, Tess, and Chelsea, have a wonderful rest of the summer. Thank you so much for your time. And we get in to the rest of the podcast. We have been having this debate. I, I was in Kalamazoo yesterday, and one of the questions that came up when I was talking about social was, what do you think about Periscope and Meerkat? And I said, well, hey, there's things I like about both of them. Play around with both of them. Let's figure out which one of them is going to win. And literally an hour later, um, the one that's going to win, in my opinion, raised their hand as Meerkat has teamed up with GoPro, which I think is huge. Absolutely, positively huge. As GoPro is launching their new GoPro, the smaller GoPro, it's uh, one button. It's waterproof up to 33 feet with no other uh, adaption. You don't need another case or anything. You can just go 33 feet into the water and it will be fine. That technology is getting smarter and smaller and better, and it's now pairing up with Meerkat, who is also paired up with Facebook. And if you know my thoughts on native video to Facebook, you know that I would tell you flat out that I think Meerkat is slowly pulling ahead of Periscope. Not that I don't think that there are some benefits to Periscope. I think some of the Twitter integration works well with them. I hate this, and I've said this a million times. I hate the gamification. I hate the hearts. I hate the tapping on the screen. I think it's a terrible interface and really kind of ruins the ephemeral 
video that they're trying to get. That doesn't happen on Meerkat. And when you add GoPro, you add high definition, high action, insane video. I think this is absolutely huge. I cannot understate how excited I am to see how this thing works and excited to play with it. So um, since I've got a couple GoPros, I will say uh, that I will be moving specifically to Meerkat for the next month or two as we uh, play with this format and see what happens when you put a GoPro and stream on Meerkat and see how you guys like it. So if you've been following me on Periscope, I appreciate that. But uh, I'm going to switch back over to Meerkat for the next two months and see what happens there. Now, uh, when we talk about everything is marketing, some people who have listened to this podcast understand that it's not just a phrase. It's an actual thing. Everything in your life is affected or affected or affected, whichever word you would like to use in its proper terminology, by marketing. Here's case in point. You may or may not, if you're politically inclined, have heard of this deal that we are striking between Iran and the United States. How is marketing affected by that? Well, see, this is going to go in front of the House and the Senate and eventually end up in front of the president. And you would think that, uh, well, those would just be handled behind closed doors, as most of these things seem to be handled. Well, no, this is going to be handled in the court of public opinion, which means marketing shows up. As since last Friday, there have been attack ads saying that this is a terrible idea and uh, this shouldn't happen. And these are the reasons that it shouldn't happen. And then, of course, there's been the pro side that's been trying to push this through and say this is something that needs to happen. And here is why. Um, And if you're a fan of math, you will likely know what will happen to this uh, as it goes through the House and the Senate. The against team has already spent $20 million and is on track to spend $40 million in attack ads to make sure that the Iran deal doesn't go through. The pro team, people who think the Iran deal should go through, has spent $2 million. Now, um, numbers don't lie, but numbers aren't the total story. If they can get a better tell on social and get some uh, traction on social, you might see that $2 million go a little bit farther than the $40 million against. But um, that tells a really interesting story for me on two fronts. One, to get political for a second, how this might end is the president has said he will veto anything that doesn't actually uh, have to deal with the deal or get in the way of the deal happening because he's dead set on making the deal happen. Uh, Whatever your point of view is on that, this might end up being 42 or 52 or $62 million wasted because the, the end game is the end game. The other thing that it raises is this idea of we've already spent $42 million on attack ads pro or against one particular issue, and we haven't even gotten into official election season. And this is going to be so fascinating. I can't tell you how fascinating this is going to be to study as we get closer and closer and closer. There are 16, 16, as I'm doing this podcast, Republican candidates running for the presidency. There is one meaningful Democrat running for the presidency. So it'll be who versus Hillary Clinton is, is essentially the way most people are thinking. This is what you should pay attention to. There was a fantastic article on Digiday. So first of all, some some statistics for you. There has not been a field of presidential candidates this large on one side or the other since 1972 when there were 10 candidates. You may have thought four years ago that there was a really large flock, well, three and a half years ago, there was a large flock of people running. There were only eight at that point, and it, it looked hard to get them on stage and get them through the debates. There were only eight running And it was confusing. We've now doubled that on the Republican side, and that's never happened in the history of the United States. So uh, what's going to happen? I don't know. 
I can tell you there's going to be an insane amount of marketing and advertising and branding that's going to be happening. But here's the thing to pay attention to. If you're scratching your head and trying to figure out, well, I mean, Donald Trump has tried this before and everybody has ignored him, so why is he bubbling up right now? Here might be the reason. Digiday wrote this fantastic article talking about why he might be bubbling up. And the reason is he is authentic to himself. Whatever that means to you, if you don't can't stand him, don't see him as a, an ideal candidate or a candidate at all, it doesn't matter. He's authentic to himself, so he's connecting to people uh, because he's staying true to himself and doing the thing that he wants to do and not varying at any point. He's saying his message over and over and over and over and over again. And the other 15 candidates haven't quite gotten their sea legs in that regard. So if you rewind the clock to when McCain was running against Obama, and this was the best part of the article for me, uh, John McCain spent, uh, according to the article, $385 million on his campaign. And the folks who were writing the Digiday article, nor myself, could remember what his campaign slogan was. So $385 million in branding and advocacy for said candidate. And here we are not too long later nearly four years later, we can't remember what it was that he was saying he was going to do. In contrast, if you go back to 2008 and you ask somebody on the street, what was Barack Obama running for? What was his platform? He was running for change. Most people would get that right. This is the lesson here. And this is the study, the marketing part of this campaign season, as we're clearly in it with 16 candidates on the Republican side. Which one of them can tell a better story in the shortest amount of time and get it to take off? It's not about what you're going to do in office. We all know this. If you voted once or you voted 300 times, you know that it's not actually about getting anything done, which is a shame about the system, but we could have that discussion on a different podcast. What's going to happen is the person who does the best branding is likely to get the most traction. And right now, for good or for bad, Donald Trump is the one that's leading the way in that. And so if you pair that with the article about Jeb Bush and his logo and why he should have put a little bit more time into the logo, because essentially it's just a different font. Uh, It's not much of a logo. It's just a font choice and an exclamation mark. Uh, You get a, a pretty clear picture of what branding looks like in 2015 and what sort of things you need to do in order to gain traction. Now, Trump is essentially playing in some pretty traditional spaces where Hillary Clinton, as we talked about, is doing some advertising on Periscope and playing around in Snapchat, messing around on Instagram. And it's a little early to tell which one of those strategies is going to work out for the best. But you've heard me say this before. Millennials will be the largest voting contingent in the 2016 election. So which one of those platforms will they gravitate towards? My guess is something in the social space. However, People still watch television. 98% of Americans still have some sort of touch point with radio. People still pick up magazines or newspapers or read said stories on the internet. So uh, where will all of this money land? Not sure. But if we've already spent $42 million on the Iran deal, which is essentially a sanction uh, and something that could clearly be handled without the court of public opinion, this will be a very expensive, very interesting, very fascinating case study in the state of marketing having to do with politics. So pay very close attention to that. 
one more thing before we go. I, I promised you guys uh, a week back before I left for New York, I'd give you a couple other podcast suggestions. And since I'm going to uh, the cast party at Celebration Cinema to watch podcasts on the big screen, which I'm very excited about because I think that will be an interesting thing, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple that I'm super in love with right now. The main one I can't get enough of is What's the Point from 538, the uh, um, Nate Silver blog. Uh, if you have not followed 538's podcast, they've got a sports one, which is fantastic if you like that. But What's the Point is essentially taking large data and breaking it down into great 20 or 25 minute podcasts talking about the story and breaking down the story. And even better, excuse me, and even better you from Mental Floss is another one that I'm consuming the hell out of. And that is just uh, picking random, seemingly random topics, things like Batman or fireworks or board games or pizza and showing you in an audio format how to enjoy those things better so you have a better understanding. Uh, Benjamin Walker is one of my all-time favorites. He does one called Theory of Everything, which is a great one. Um, The Harvard Business Review IdeaCast is great. Uh, And of course, if you're not following Gary Vaynerchuk and Ask Gary V, you should certainly do that. Uh, If you're on the music tip, the Song Exploder podcast is another favorite you should check out. So lots of things to listen to this weekend. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Again, interns, thank you so much. It's been a wonderful eight weeks. I wish you the best going forward, and hopefully we will work work together again someday soon. It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hultgren.